here we are. It's day two of Art Meets, meets Business. Yay! I'm Shahar Boyay. I'm going to be your host today. We're going to have a candid conversation about many things related to what's next for us, writing in business and as artists. Now, before we start, just a few things. Uh, you might be watching us at CuriousMondo.com, on Facebook, on, your, on YouTube. Well, whatever you're watching, there is either a chat box or a comment box and that's the best place for you to actually submit your comments and questions if you have any to me uh, I'll get here on my computer and we'll chat about it right uh, there's nothing better to be able to exchange ideas and brainstorm because this is kind of a brainstorming session about what lies ahead and what we can do as professionals as well so you know take this time uh, we plan to be here about 30 or 40 minutes yesterday we went a little bit over but uh, in a nutshell just exchanging ideas here now before I let me just see if I have everything yesterday we started talking about uh, the future right the future and a lot of consumer behavior we are still going to touch a little bit about consumer behavior today but then we are going to talk about the online possibilities and a little setup for live streaming if you're thinking about doing that uh, then tomorrow we we are we still have three days uh, of brainstorming. We are going to talk about positioning and your art, artist statement. You know, positioning means that how you are perceived in the market as a professional, and is extremely important. If you get that wrong, actually, you are going to have to work triple in order to get results. So it's better to pay attention and focus on how you want to be perceived, do a few things that we are going to talk about, and then go and market, 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 because then you have to work less to get attention from your prospects. Uh, then we are going to be talking about being top of mind. This is an important thing and is a huge com a component if you're willing to use online the presence for that. Uh, it's really cheaper than many other options. Uh, it's not free. There's really nothing free. Uh, and it's a false perception when you think, oh, I'm going to use social media because it's free. It's not. Uh, you're going to uh, to spend time and remember, is the one asset you cannot renew. And then on the last day, some tips and ideas uh, about what's coming here. I also marked some comments that I saw later uh, about uh, other types of products uh, that are not necessary online are there a possibility for artists or not and things like that the, the platform so if I forget you tell me and we'll go to there uh, I want to welcome you guys and I have here uh, I know USA Canada and Australia Lisa is saying good evening from Indiana guest 65 South Australia uh, this is Rhonda Colorado uh, Toronto and then a lot of people here so thank you very much for spending part of your evening or maybe late in the night with us uh, you're going to be able if in case it's too late where you are and you have to go to bed or something uh, we are going to leave this for about 24 hours so you can come back and watch later if you need to okay so let's start with the consumer behavior. Yesterday, we touched a few points that we could uh, really foresee that it's going to become important to people after the crisis is over. So there are two others that I would like to, to touch upon. And both of them actually uh, were already, uh, were already, it's the end of the day. I woke up at five in the morning, I have to tell you. It gets 
harder and harder, harder to speak as the day goes by. And I don't drink. Imagine if I had a glass of wine. But uh, one of the things, uh, they, they, this, both trends, they were happening already. They were coming for different factors, but they are going to be highlighted now uh, because of all that we are going through. So one of them is really appreciate the past. Well, so what did we have before? Uh, the law for vintage was something, is an in industry in itself doing extremely well. So for example, if you ever saw the Sisters on the Fly videos, you saw that all those women, over 10,000 of them, they love vintage campers and they, they reform the campers and they go out camping and it's a, a shout for liberty, for being there by yourself and knowing you and your friends without the other family components. Uh, cars, vintage cars is a huge industry. I just learned the other day that actually Utah is the capital of vintage cars. Uh, the, the number of sh uh, shops here that just remodel or re restore those cars, uh, the highest number is here in Utah. I didn't know that before. And you, we saw that with millennials as well. Uh, for example, when they go out and they buy a turntable and they buy the vinyl records and, it, you know, it, it could be counterintuitive because first this was for most of them not really part of their past. It, they are a very big generation. So for example, for my daughter, I remember that she still used to use records and, and, and the turntable, but many of them didn't get to that. But they still like that feeling of nostalgia, right? And so that's why you have today many artists releasing vinyl records again. Uh, there are different uh, ways to look at it. For example, Seth Godin, he talks about the wabi-sabi, and you probably heard me talk about that before. It's that thing that is so unique to that medium that makes it special. And with the record, for example, is even the noises that you get from the needle touching the vinyl. So many, many reasons there. But what matters to us right now is that this is going to go even further after the crisis. And why? Because uh, we want to recreate things where we felt safe. And we want to recreate things of our youth when we didn't have worries because now we have this huge cloud over our, our heads. And when this is gone, we're going to say, okay, I felt good at that moment. I, a moment. I felt safe at that moment in my youth when my family and things like that. So I'm going to, to treasure even more anything that relates to that era for me. And others is because we want to reward ourselves with the comforts we knew in the past. Uh, this also includes even how I design my home today, what's important and, and not. So for example, uh, we have houses, right? You may have a small house, a big house, there is a living room. And many times the living room is really just a place where you go through, right? Most of the time, because uh, we don't get guests as it was before. There is not a place where we congregate as a, a family anymore. So it becomes something that when you, it's the place of your home that it looks nice. So other people can, can see when they come. Well, this, factor as we age changes a lot. And why? Because the living room was a place of congregation of the family, right? Usually, believe it or not, uh, families had one TV. 
and they would watch all of them together many times different generations depending on where you are from many generations inside the same house so we had to agree uh, are we going to watch Bonanza are we going to watch the monkeys what are we going to watch because there had to be a consensus of what would be the entertainment for that day uh, which now has changed a lot right because there are TVs or computers all around the house and people don't congregate anymore in the living room but as we age we even when we downsize many many of us you know are empty nesters and we decide to downsize we are giving more importance to the living room why is that important for you as an artist because everything that is in the living room including the art needs to have meaning and things from the past that trigger emotions are very a very important component the, the living room has been the center of families for many 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 years i don't know if you quilt at all but if you were a traditional quilter you at some point made some log cabins uh trolls right so the log cabin design is a square in the middle and then you have strips of fabric all around this is a, a simple design a very good one to to get started when you're, you're quilting well traditionally i don't know if you know that but the square was always red why was the square always red because it's the log cabin like a cabin for the pioneers for example the living room was the center again when the whole family would be together and many times they would be together in order to be uh, warm because the fireplace uh, was in the living room so they would go it was usually very very small we have several of those pioneer cabins around utah and it would be very small but with the place for the fire there and the family would get together so the log cabin uh, design with quilt we would usually have that square ready to to represent the family or where family gets together so you see there, there are meanings in many things that we make it and sometimes we are aware sometimes we are not but just understand that the this part of the house tends to be a very important one and especially for us the baby boomers as we age and as we downsize and we move from to a smaller house we still place a lot of importance in the living room so it's a very important component when i'm thinking about how to decorate what pieces of art to put so have that in mind that the past is going to matter even more in the future now because it's a place for comfort for us we feel good when we see something it can be a turntable can be you know just sometimes a package of, of, of cereal and with all these things you can make art and turn that into pieces that are going to have a high emotional value and the other the other trend i think i just forgot what it was so <laughs> when it comes back to me i'll let you know but have in mind that we still have the things to pay it oh yes i remember i remember there's also a trend that was growing uh before the crisis that was the the, the need for fantasy we were driven into that so if you are into fairy you sculpt fairies or theme parks like we have evermore here uh games where we actually dress the cosplay uh all the trends that you see on those on those shows is all the the seek 
for the fantasy, right? Well, we're going to need this even more because we're longing for magic, right? We're longing for something to happen that takes this away right now. And that feeling that if magic can happen, good things can come, will grow. So if you are into sculpting fairies, if you're into creating anything fantasy style, uh, you're in for a good run because people will be drawn into that. And that includes even when you make something out of the fantasy, like uh, you create, an, let's say you create another type of fairy that really is not listed in any type of book. You can do that very easily. Uh, and that will uh, engage people. The reason for that is also the fact that with magic, we don't have the answers to all our questions, just like we are living now. And I told you yesterday that the brain cannot cope with an answer question. Every time that happens, we stick together. This is very important in business. So I'm going to write here uh, two things that I need to talk to you about tomorrow, uh, about positioning. If I forget, remind me, because uh, the fantasy will tie to, to that line of thought. Okay, let's see if we have any questions and then I'll move on to online. Uh, Beverly saying, still remember sneaking out to watch the Ed Sullivan show in the reflection if a glass and the Beatles, right? I was totally crazy about the monkeys, but uh, at home, I remember my parents used to love to watch Lost in Space. And I used to watch that. I remember watching that with my mom, for example. Uh, Tom Jones, she was crazy about Tom Jones and I like him. We would watch, I believe in Brazil was every Wednesday night. And I know my father wouldn't stay in the living room because he was kind of Tom Jones, you know? <laughs> so we we all have this kind of stuff. And we when we find things that we can design or we can create out of those moments, you, you, it's a sell very sellable product. Okay, let me drink water. Online, why do we need to talk about online? And I know many people don't like that. They, uh, I know many artists actually that they even avoid being online. Uh, first, because they think, well, you're exposing yourself. There is really no privacy. It doesn't matter how much you complain about it. Uh, there is no privacy. The, the algorithms are tracking all the time, everything that you do, everything that you like. So they, they do have a profile of who you are and that gets many times sold or shared. And so people can target you as a consumer. So the, the, the feeling that there is a way to be totally safe if you, if you are online, it's not true, but let's face it offline. That doesn't happen either, right? You have your cards compromised all the time, your phone hacked. So even things on a day-to-day -day basis, privacy is a very complicated matter. But what happens is that right now, that's the only way we can reach other people, right? If you want to reach a crowd and you want to tell them what you do and you want to share your stories with them, online is right now the only way. But it's a very interesting way in, in, from many, many perspectives. If we compare marketing and all the types of marketing out there, and there are many, uh, online is a doable, very doable for us very, very, very small businesses because you don't have to be spending a boatload of money on that. You can start today with zero money if you have the right story, if you have the right positioning. Uh, the other thing is you can reach the whole world. You know, for us, it's still amazing uh, 
when we go with our classes with Curious Mondo because yes, we are this tiny little company in Utah. And I remember when I got here, people would uh, ask me, why Utah, right? You have 50 options, why Utah? Uh, so it's this, you know, you, you kind of think it's in the middle of nowhere in the United States and we are such a small company, but when we look at our software and I have, I have that software open right now, uh, you can see all the countries. I have Australia right now. I know it's, it's either very early or very late there. I have Jamaica. I have Canada. I have a, a bunch of others here. It's unbelievable, right? The reach that you can have without having to have the investment of a big company. It's really amazing. So yes, you can build the platform online and, and be very successful with it. Now, there are a few things that you need to be careful with. First, the myth that you need to use social media because it's free. Again, it is not free. It sucks up your time and your time is valuable. But yes, it's, you, you're not spending the currency uh, when you're doing that. The other is really how you're going to place yourself in that environment. So online, you really have millions of people at, at any point. And right now, if you go through Facebook, don't do that now, do that later. But you're going to see we're not the only ones live right now. It's a bunch of people, right? And this is going to increase even more. Why? Because we all need to make money, right? So we are going to do lives. We are going to do coaching with that. And we are going to use tools. You, you've heard in the last few weeks how much the software Zoom is being used because it allows a lot of people to be together. It's used with families, but it's used a lot for business. Coaches use that all the time. So you have all these possibilities that are really at the fingertips, but you have to be careful on how you're going to use that. And you have to be very, very sure of what you really want out of that. Because we think we are going to go online and we are going to become an influencer. We are going to have, you know, thousands and thousands of people following us and and everything is going to be okay. There are two things about that. First of all, uh, your fans do not necessarily mean clients. Uh, it can be very different. It all depends on how you educate your audience. We have to educate our audience on how to do business with us, believe it or not. It's not totally, I'll leave up to them if they are going to buy from me. We need to educate that in that process. And many, many people, and even very, very big marketers, they fall for this. They think if I get a million followers, everything happens. Well, as much as it is important for you to keep increasing your visibility online, that is not a guarantee. And you have many, many influencers out there that are not making the money they could be doing, even though they have a lot of people following, but they have not been educated to buy from them. I told you about some experiences we had inviting instructors with large YouTube audiences that none uh, translated into good sales. So be careful with that. The other thing is visibility is interesting, but what are you really projecting out there? Uh, it's, it's this thing. First, you have to be true to yourself. I would love to have a million followers. I don't. But I also don't have the personality uh, that some people do that, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just that they have a different type of positivity. They have a different type of persona. Maybe they are prettier, but it's different. 
and I am more okay this is what it is you like it awesome you don't like it not my problem right so it, it's a different approach and it's harder and the fact that I'm older than a lot of the influences does play a role too it's a, a twisted role that it plays but it does I remember a few years ago I uh, there there were these things uh, called net, networks on on YouTube where you uh, they are actually agencies and they get your content and they aggregate that and they bring a lot of visibility and with that a lot of uh, a, a lot of money right a lot of sales in advertising and things and I was talking to the CEO of one of them we were at the NAB which is the National Association of Broadcasters and we go there every year we're going to skip this year because they they had to cancel but you get to talk to a lot of very interesting people and I was talking to them about that and uh, to him about that and he said there was no way no content network inside that platform would buy any content that was not targeting either millennials or the Z generation because they thought that was where, where it is right uh, which interesting especially at that point because uh, the millennials were just getting married and creating family disposable income is kind of complicated it was kind of complicated at that moment it's changing now right they are getting older but you know at 30 years old you're starting a family sometimes you're still paying school so you don't have a lot of disposable income so to and disease were too young even though of course they influenced the parents to buy but it, it's interesting but kind of twisted because the baby boomers uh, even though many of us are in that and now even more uh, we are also the generation that was educated to expand we grew up with advertising we grew up with the tv going to breaks every two minutes and bringing us something that we need we grew up with home shopping network so if there is somebody that is wired to buy it is the baby boomer but they were not taking it didn't interest uh, at that moment there any we saw many of those networks fading out as well there's something in there i digress but i i hope you you get what I'm trying to say here. Um, let me go to the first question. Beverly, yes. Uh, guest 340. I love the monkeys. I still watch them on Sundays. Me too. Twice. Uh, Betty, Betty uh, so happy to catch some of this live. Shahana, that's a cool name. Uh, it's late morning here in Australia. So great to be able to catch this live. Thank you very much for being here. Bree, it amazes me how you can have the whole world together in one place. Isn't that the most amazing thing about technology today? Uh, it can be overwhelming. We deal with customer service all day long and we see that uh, for some people it's very, very overwhelming, but it's also uh, such a door for opportunities that is amazing. And yes, I have dogs and they don't get along many times. Kelly Beckett, what are your recommendations on how often posts are shared? What are the platforms you are most comfortable using? So Kelly, uh, we use most of them actually. Uh, we just don't use the ones that target very, very young people because we don't have content for them. Uh, but I, I use every day most of them. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, I use professionally, not, not like a person. I also do that as a person. If I'm looking for news, I go on Twitter first. Uh, but for my market, for my audience, Facebook is the best place. So Facebook today, you can say the, the core of 40 years old plus, they are using Facebook a lot. And because the groups on Facebook work, 
that's where uh, my audience is, right? Because they, they congregate people with specific interests. Google Plus, when it started, uh, they started with the groups and they were phenomenal with that, but it, they never attracted women. So it was a very dry platform because you have a lot of techie people. Techie people always are the first to engage with a platform, but the, the women never came and so topics related to art really never went anywhere and the platform ceased to exist also because of that. Um, so, so Facebook has been the, the love and hate relationship because as we use, like we are using right now, I also have a lot of things that I don't like about it, but it, personal opinion, business is business. So we, we use that platform a lot. Uh, uh, Pinterest can be very interesting if you know how to use, but you need a blog uh, in order to, uh, either a blog or a website, but a blog would be a simple one. And you're saying blog? People still blog? Yes, they do. And they're very successful successful people with those. You, you need to have content someplace that is yours. The problem with any social media network, any, is that you have no control over it whatsoever. You're playing into somebody else's sandbox. And they not only change the rules all the time, and they do, uh, it's if they go away with your stuff, there's nothing you can do about it, and they do. And there's the underlining side that you have to be careful when you're a business, because many of them, in the little tiny uh, words, they actually own the copyright of whatever you post, right? I'm not going to get into that, but that's a reality, including with YouTube. So you have to be careful, because for example, for us, each course is a product. And if I leave them there, uh, technically, they own that too. And that's quite complicated, especially in this case. So we we filtered what the content that we leave on YouTube. YouTube is an extremely good place for you to explore. Why? Because there is one difference, main difference from Facebook and YouTube, is whatever you put on YouTube gets indexed in the search engine. So it gets indexed in, uh, on Bing, on, on Google, everywhere. It's actually the number two search engine uh, in the world, and many times is the number one and I'll tell you in a second why. While what you put on Facebook, for example, it does not get indexed on Google because they kind of, uh, you know, compete with each other, whatever is the reason. So it doesn't get indexed very often. So you have to think, uh, if I want content that is out there and people can search and find me, YouTube seems to be a better platform. So it should take, you should devote your time to that. And you have all ages there for sure, right? Which one of us doesn't go to YouTube to see how to fix this or uh, a quick tutorial on something? It is very good for that. Now, the reason it's such a search engine, and I say it's just a search engine like on, on Google, is because we have different modes. Moments, right? So if I, I, uh, I want to buy, for example, a, a watch, and I go and I type cool watches on Google, I'm looking for something specific, right? But I'm still not ready to buy. Uh, if I go to YouTube and I type how to wear in style a Rolex watch, I don't even know if people use Rolex watches anymore. Um, I'm very specific of what I want and that whatever video I watch may make me go and buy. 
So I tend to have more buyers on YouTube than I have on Google because on Google is where we start a search about something. And on YouTube, we actually go more specific on how to use, uh, you know, the reviews and all these things. They are all on YouTube. So it's an extremely valuable resource. The thing is, you have to become comfortable doing videos, right? And, and that is the number one fear with people. Uh, they say, they say speaking is the number one fear. After five years doing this, I have to tell you the number one fear is being in front of a camera. We invite a lot of instructors, extremely talented people. The, do you think when somebody tells me no, and they do, uh, it's because of how much we are paying, what's the cut and stuff like that? No, no, it's very rare that that happens. Uh, but the number one no we get is because the person is extremely frightened to be in front of a camera. That is amazing. I, I, I keep telling, if there was a way to, to simplify everything and they wouldn't think, and we use we use the small cameras at the studios, not daunting once you're there uh, compared to a TV station, for example. But the fact is that people are super scared of that. So most of the no's we get is actually because of cameras, not because of anything else that you could think it could surface on a business relationship. No, it is not. So Kelly, my, my answer, is depends on the age of your audience but if you're in the same realm 40 and older Facebook and YouTube are the two best options with that said Instagram is growing is very visual I'm not a fan of Instagram I, I don't like the fact that I cannot interact even though I'm the kind of user that I like a lot and I seldom comment I don't like I always have this feeling that I don't have anything to say so I, I like a lot but still I like like the interaction. I like to be able to see that somebody that I don't see three years uh, is dealing with this and with that. And, and Instagram for me doesn't doesn't foster communication. But the visual and when you're searching, for example, to search for art, artists with modern art forms or modernizing art forms, like with macrame, for example, or macrame, I don't know how you say that. It's the perfect place to go. So I, I go there a lot, but it's not the best place for us at all because it lacks that communication factor that YouTube has to a point, but Facebook has a lot. It's not by chance that Facebook is what it is today. Bree, I have a feeling we're not going to be here for 30 minutes either. Uh, Shahar, do people make money by having a large audience and getting sponsors? I have seen on Facebook where you will be watching a video and a commercial as in, is in the middle of it. Okay, good point. Um, yes and no. So here's the deal. I actually have a friend that he devotes his life to YouTube and videos and gets the, ad, it was called AdSense, the, the rev, it is still called AdSense, the revenue that you get from people watching the, the breaks, right? The commercials. The thing with this is, and before I say what it is, I have to tell you, you're going to see a lot of things popping up right now that you can do this and you will get a million followers. You can get this and I'm going to teach you how to become an influencer on Instagram or on YouTube or any other. You're going to see a bunch of these. Marketers call this a marketing to the biz op crowd. So they go with the, the sense of, okay, I'm going to get you because you want money quick and you want money without having to work for it. And they sell you this beautiful picture of what you can do very easily, just once, one hour a week, and you're going to get all this. It doesn't exist. 
doesn't exist. Uh, all the things take work. So going back to your question, can you uh, get revenue, for example, from YouTube? Yes, I, I actually know quite a few people that make an income out of YouTube doing that. And I actually have a friend that teaches people how to do that, that he he's now... I think he's up to a hundred thousand followers and yes he gets money from from that but there are two things first of all is a full-time job he has to pay attention. Uh, YouTube has its own dynamic. You have to collaborate with other YouTubers. You have to be there communicating with people. You have to be creating content nonstop. Uh, it has to be a content that really appeals to people. So complicated because it is a full-time job. And the other thing is rules change like for example, uh, very not very long time ago, uh, YouTube had to change their terms and conditions that the channel could not be, um, you had to say if it's for kids or not, right? Because of many problems that happened uh, before. And well, they did that, but think with me how interesting. So of course we went to our channel and we changed that. Now our content's not for kids. So supposedly, uh, you know, kids should not be watching Curious Mondo stuff. But the category, the category uh, crafts, it's categorized as kids content. So I cannot control anything about this. I didn't decide that crafts was kids content. It's very dangerous. Why? Because according now to their to the terms and conditions, uh, let's say a kid watched something and for some reason it's deemed inappropriate. Who gets the fine? I get the fine, and it's a very large one. The parents. They don't get the fine because they they allow the kid to watch something inappropriate. Nothing happens to the kid that did that, but it does to the content creator. Very tricky, right? What control do I have over that? I already said that the content's not for kids. You decided to put my category as kids content. So what happened? Here in Utah, you know we have very big families, right? So, uh, families with many kids. So we are kind of a, a core on YouTube. Many of these families, they have their shows and some of those uh, videos are very cool. I, I, there is one family that I follow that the guy, he comes from marketing, but he makes this hilarious uh, parodies uh, with the family and everything. It's just cool. Well, with many of these families, that was the sole source of income because like I told you, it is a full-time job and it was a very good income. So the, yes, they were making money from all those ads. But then suddenly when this new condition came, those on the first moment, those channels were gone. They then they're still going through hoops to make that viable again. So again, it's not your sandbox, right? So you have to be careful. But can you make money? Yes, you can if you're willing to devote the time. On our videos, we have no interest whatsoever to go that route. Diana Shahar, you have a great way to pull out other artists in classes. You are the monitor mediator. I think that what makes the venue work. Yeah, we we study <laughs> them and behavior a lot because they are in a in a very uncomfortable setting for them when they are teaching. Unless they are Jody, right? After twenty courses, it's her home now. But for the first time, it's scary. Laura, I've always wondered why marketing is so often geared to the young when it's the older people who have the money. Yep, I, I mean, 
uh, I wrote a book about baby boomers for a client of mine, uh, and it's it's really unbelievable because again we are wired to spend money. Americans even more than other cultures, uh, and we see this. We see numbers, and we see because we like I am a foreigner. I know how my country works, and selling here is easier than selling in a lot of countries. We are really wired to buy because we have this thing that we need to have, but all the older generation, their buyers, if I go very old boomers, uh, you may say, or, or those that are with the greatest generation, it's another thing because they lived in a crisis uh, that made them try to save a lot. But most boomers, they do spend. Uh, they, what people are thinking is if we want to be here the next 20 years, we need to cater to the younger uh, generation, which is true. We, we try and we are trying even more to bring new techniques uh, and new approaches to design in our courses exactly to have a wider appeal to the younger generations because you know all of us including me at some point we are out of the picture we are in the winter of our lives right so as a company you need to think i need to be attracting them but it's not that they are the only ones to pay attention you have to pay attention to both Kelly, Facebook and the groups are very engaging and for sure you can consume your time, but it's a great sales, a great platform as sales. It is. Um, Laura, how important uh, is it to have your own website? Is it, is it easier and cheaper to use other platforms or should you have a website and use Facebook Twitter to drive people to it? The, the answer is yes. So here's the thing. We used to say to our consulting clients, if you don't have control over your business online, you don't have a business. Okay, so it's very comfortable for you to be comfortable on a platform like Facebook and think, okay, I'm doing everything here and it doesn't involve that much work and it's okay. It's not okay because things change all the time. When you have your website, you have a place where you control everything about it. Okay, and you have platforms today that make it very, very easy. You have things like, I think it's, it's called Wix, right? Shopify, you have many options out there where you can create a website and a store and control everything. Uh, and before this used to be expensive and complicated. Anybody today can be taught on how to manage a website, how to update any age. We, Nashville has made like hundreds of websites in her life. And every time we train them because we teach them don't be relying on a person to do this for you because because many times they disappear right and then what you cannot act we, we have dealt with that so many times there was one year that we were in october and this company came to us and they they make candles right and they distribute that wholesale to a lot of places and of course christmas is their biggest biggest time of the year right so october is uh, uh, september and october are very important months for them well the web designer disappeared and they came to us in despair, right? Because they were about to lose all their sales for that part of the year. And there's nothing that can be done because the guy had the password. He was the only one that had access. He was the only one that knew how to, to deal with that platform. Uh, it was complicated. They would have to start from scratch. And that has happened more than once. So you want to have some control over that too. And today it's very easy. It's really easy. Of course, with learning, when you start, things don't go the way you want and you get a little frustrated. But if you overcome that curve, uh, things happen. It's not complicated. It, it is easy. And yes, you have control. You have control over the conversation. Now, the thing is today, 
competition is quite big. If you go and search for anything out on, on Google, for example, uh, type what you do, like say sculpting fairies or something like that. Well, all the results you're going to see at the beginning are probably going to be either from YouTube, YouTube for, of course, because it belongs to, uh, it's the same company as Google. So you're going to see the videos and you're going to see Instagram and you're going to see a lot of Pinterest and then you're going to see websites. So for you to show up, uh, people don't have any patience. So they go one page too, they, they don't go very further. Uh, it's, it, it requires work and that's the bad part about having a website. Now, with that said, today you have social media. So you could be driving from Facebook people to your own website and having control over the conversation. Now you ask, but can I use something like Etsy or something like that? Yes, you can if you are willing to say yes to all the changes, right? Recently, for example, they not only increased all the fees, they forced people to, they did force people to give free shipping because Amazon gives free shipping. Therefore, you should be giving free shipping. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not the size of Amazon. I don't make the money Amazon does. So the free shipping, it's almost impossible, right? So what people start doing, you have to comply because if you didn't, they wouldn't show your listings. So everybody went, oh, let's offer free shipping. And then we increased the price to cover that. So at the end, I mean, what's the purpose of that? And now they came with this thing about the crisis that they are going to help everybody. So they are going to put, I don't know how many millions into advertising out there to bring traffic to, to your door, to your Etsy shop. Well, guess what? That is going to be discounted from your sales. So you are actually the one uh, paying and they are saying they are helping, right? Uh, you got to be okay with that, right? It's not okay to a lot of people. And to make that platform work, you have also to devote a lot of time interacting with other sellers because really what happens a lot is one seller buying from the other because they're already so many hours into that platform. So if you ask me, I do have an Etsy shop and it sells every now and then. I don't take good care of it, but no. I, if you're going to be changing the rules on me all the time, what control can I have over this, right? And is it worth? Uh, I would rather pay uh, a little bit monthly to have a shopping cart of my own that I can control and not change rules when I'm not willing to change rules, right? So it, it's it's kind of complicated because people think, oh, websites are not necessary. Well, again, the same way Etsy changes rules all the time, the, so does Facebook. You know that technically you you are not able to advertise anything on your profile. You're not you're not allowed to do business on your profile on Facebook. And I know we all do, but if they want to create the case and go away with all those or block you or put you on Facebook jail, they can because those are the rules and you are saying yes to that, even if you may not even know about it. So I would always have uh, my own place and control that. Uh, we have the same thing. We go on YouTube. We are on YouTube right now. But uh, what if tomorrow YouTube doesn't do live streaming anymore? It's a possibility. Right now, I believe anything is possible, right? Like after leaving this fiction that we are living right now, anything is possible. What if my business goes away? No, we have a backup plan where we control the whole process. And I think you should do the same, even though it might be uncomfortable for you to go through. I need a website and I need to put stuff. And guess what? You need to put text 
text. Text is the thing that gets indexed on the on the on Google. And if you don't have text, it's not going to get indexed. You may have a very pretty full of pictures website, but it's useless because it, that, that people cannot find it. So you have to devote the time to build that platform. But once you build, it's yours. Um, it, it is a skill set that only grows by doing it, for sure. Uh, Emoni can relate to that. Pixie, I'm learning so much. Hi, Pixie, about all the, uh, these platforms. Kelly, back to your studio. It's quite cozy. Friend oh, yes, you've been there. Friendly and comfortable, and your interview style, enthusiasm, and humor is inviting. I've, I've seen firsthand how your guest artists settle uh, in and let the creative t creativity flow. So this is part of positioning, which we are going to talk tomorrow. What we decided to do, for example, as a learning platform, it, it is very different than most. And there's a, there was a lot of thought put into that, what would really engage people. So for example, we do not have millions of people out there. We, we still didn't reach a mass visibility because we never had the money to invest in, in big advertising. But guess what? We have very loyal people with us. We have Pixie every day and we have Bella Rose and we have Brie and we have uh, Jen Rowe, a lot of people. I, I don't want to mention names because I know a lot of people, they go there every time and they are there. And like Patsy today on the phone, she said, this person is a Mondo member because I told her and this person too. Well, this engagement for me is more valuable than millions of advertising that if I had the money, I could do it. it it's really more important because uh, it means that w whatever we put it out there is understood by people and embraced by people. So I, I think we what we have is really a community and a movement. <laughs> and a village, how many people say the Curious Mondo village. Why is, and that is so important to us. Seeing this moment that we are all apart, we are still a group that think this about the same things. You know, I, I don't know our uh, political views and it, they might be very different, but we accept each other for what we are. And it doesn't matter where we are, in Australia, in Brazil, in Chile, in, in, in the US, we, we see men, there are women like me out there, you know, that right now they are friends frustrated. Right now they don't have the, the, the will to create anything because they are sad, they are in fear. But you know what? This other person here, look, she started making this, this is interesting, and she's impacting other people, and there it goes. For me, this is extremely more valuable than having the resources to advertise, because what would happen to it with advertise? A percentage, a very small percentage of the money spent will come back to you in sales. Uh, it doesn't mean they will stick around. I'd rather have 10 people that buy 10 courses over the lifetime of my customer than, you know, a thousand people that buy a course once. Because what do you think will keep me in business over the years? What do you, th why I didn't have to fire anybody with this crisis to, to, up to this point? It's because those people understood and they bought and they bought. And I know we are all like, what's going to happen now? And will I have the money? And can I do this? But I had the support, which is more valuable. Think about this. And in business, it's more valuable for you to go for a long time than to make a lot of money once because the money goes, 
right? The money goes. So you, you will invest, you buy cameras and stuff, and bye-bye. You don't have it anymore. For me, it's more important to be consistent, to be sustainable, you know, to know that I can have that number of people there because I can't afford, because I know my people will buy, right? So you have to think about, and I know, you know, business topics, sometimes you're thinking, I like to create. I don't like to think about these things. But if you have to make money, you have to think about these things. Okay, uh, Diana Shahar, I am wondering about your own website. It, it is, after all, the World Wide Web, so to pay for one or a free type of website. So our website, actually everything that we have nationally uh, was the one that created that for us. And we have a complicated structure. It's not a simple website. But free, it's a very complicated word, right? It's never free. Uh, usually when you go to a free platform for websites, it's going to be free up to something. And you're going to grow because that's the intent of you having a business. You start growing and then you have to start paying. Other ties you in different ways. So I would be, I would rather pay a little bit and see. Now, again, I don't research how to build websites anymore. Uh, but I've heard of platforms like Wix that they sound interesting. I have a friend that has a big business in the craft industry and he uses Shopify and he's very happy with that. It has a lot of features. So yes, there is a monthly fee. It's small. It's not huge and it's affordable and you can have. The free is complicated because it's free for, for you know, a company cannot exist if you only really offers free. So there's going to be a catch at some point. But they're very easy platforms platforms to use. Um, wouldn't just an Etsy shop do? Or, so Jenny, like I said, you have that other side that you don't control. Uh, Catherine, Shara, you are the best. Thank you. Uh, we can spread ourselves too thin sometimes. Very easy to do that. And that's the problem with social media, right? Because if you think, oh, I need to cater to my fans, uh, you need to cater first to your business so we can grow and then to fans and whatever you're putting out there, uh, you can put yourself out there doing things during the day and that's fun and people like, but at some point they want to see what's in it for me, right? And you have to deliver that as well. And here goes to the thing about online courses and I still have to talk about the setup. So one of the things that artists can do is, of course, offer courses. And we are going to see a super explosion of online courses out there. It's, it's just because there, right now it looks, it looks like it's just the only route to go. So you have to think if that's the route you want to go. First of all, you have to think uh, of doing something that is not like everybody else is doing. Yes, you can go live on Facebook just using your cell phone uh, and you can be there. But let's face it, most of those things that you watch, they're pretty not interesting. And, and the quality is very, very bad. And unconsciously, you start getting annoyed with that and you leave. So... If you're going to do something, you need to think, okay, what is going to be my way of doing this? It's not about the equipment, it's really how you're going to approach. The second thing that I would uh, talk to you about is be very careful with tutorials online. We, you, we, you see really a gazillion of them and some of our instructors, they go that route. I think it's a very complicated route to go because there is something called mystery in business, and I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. But if you're showing everything that you do and everything how you do all the time, you take any any excitement out of the picture. 
tomorrow you will understand a lot better why. I'm going to go deep into that. But uh, the problem is you're showing your process, you're giving it for free, you're educating them that they can come to you, or you're asking them for a donation. So you're maybe changing, I don't know, 50 bucks for five that they are going to donate or, or 500 for five. You have to be careful with those things. But the uh, on on TV, we have this thing, I used to work a lot with TV in the past, and, and especially with casting, that you cannot burn an actor. And how do you burn an actor? When you give them too much exposure, right? Because people get tired and they stop paying attention. So there is that difficult, because it is difficult, difficult balance to keep that actor working and on TV while at the same time not being there all the time. And they also cannot be away. Uh, on TV, for example, if you're away for a year or so, you're done, especially with TV commercials, you're done. Nobody remembers who you are. So it's a very complicated ba balance, but it needs to be in the back of your mind. Too much of you, it's not going to be interesting. People will stop. Uh, too much of you without any value connected, also not going to create traction. Too much of you with a lot of tutorials and free advice and stuff like that, same thing. When you need them to pay for something, they will not. So be very careful careful because that is a trap. Now, the course is meant for you to make money. So you're going to record or, or even do live like we do and then uh, turn that into a product. But uh, it's meant to sell, right? The, from the beginning, you're not giving away things for free just because. Be very careful because if you go on Facebook right now, you're going to see, I don't know, 12, 20 uh, uh, tutorials happening right now. And you can think, oh, they're getting fans. Fans do not mean money. So be careful because the moment they want those fans to buy, it might be too late because they didn't create a structure that would be conducive to make money. But you're going to see a lot of people doing, and then you're going to see if they are doing, I have to do it, right? We The sheep mentality gets installed very fast in our mind. Be careful with that. You, you need to think about what you really want to get out and how you're going to do before you even do anything. Um, wonder if Patreon pages are worth the trouble. Brie, again, for me, is asking for donations. I had, I had a few years ago, I had that. I think it, it's a waste of time uh, because there are other ways for you to make more money. I, I had a, a mentor uh, years ago and I, I, it's still my mentor in the sense that I buy his books and everything. It was uh, Bill Glazer and Dan Kennedy. I, I love their style. And talking to him, we were talking about, you know, these plans that we had. We were doing consulting and other things. And then he looked at me and, say, and said, why are you focusing on crumbles? And that, it was like a whole building falling on, over my head. Because as, as hard as it was to listen to that, it was also true. Because you're trying to make money here and you try to make money there and, and you, you just miss the whole picture. And you, you're making crumbles out of everything without having really a strategy that makes you get a, big, a bigger piece of the pie. Right. So for me, it was a life changing moment when that happened, because I, I realized that's what I'm focusing on. And that's the danger when there is a crisis, because you will get this all oh, very successful, very successful people, very ma many millionaires. I made a million using uh, Instagram or I made 10 million doing, but they're going to woof come because for them is also the, the, the right path right now, like like online courses are for many artists. Uh, be careful. That's all I have to say. Uh, you may spend 
thousands of dollars in search of something that is really not going to happen to you because um, not everything is being told. And the second thing is all these things, yes, they are possible to make, but it requires a lot of time involved, like a full-time kind of job. I, I know a guy that he sold 300,000 books using Twitter. And it was a, a book about a child that had died. Uh, and you think 300,000, do you know on average how many books a person sells, uh, an author sells? The average is really 250. Uh, it's rare that it goes. You see the, the best sellers, usually there is a whole marketing campaign behind it that forces numbers to go up on Amazon and stuff like that. Uh, questionable how it works many times, but he sold. But he would spend 13 hours a day only on Twitter, okay? So yes, it's possible if you're willing to do what it needs to be done. So again, uh, it's not that you cannot use a system like Patreon to make the money at the end, but the sales process for you to get more than just a donation needs to be in place. You know, people need to be willing to, to give money. Same thing when you do Kickstarter. You you saw Bri, uh, Arnold with the, the cosplay, how, how it was brilliant the way he did it, right? He's, he got the influencers inside the sculpting community, people there, they're uh, sculpting every day. He sent them samples. Of course, they start making stuff and the clay is cool. Uh, so they start posting that, created all the momentum, right? And then he went to the Kickstarter and in hours, right, he had reached the goal. This is a strategy. This didn't happen by chance, right? It, it is a very cool business strategy used in many, in many fields. He did that and then he was extremely successful. Now, if you go on Kickstarter and you put something there and you think people, and you post on your Facebook once, it's not going to happen. And one of my last points, uh, also be very careful with the feedback that you get. Because again, we think that because we have fans, we need to do what they want. It's not like that. You need to have control over your business. What I mean is, uh, if you're going to promote something, you have to promote, right? So you're going to have to post that more than once on your profile and in other places. Guess what? Posting just once is not going to create traction no matter what. But there's always that person that comes and says, oh, you're being too salesy. I don't like that. Right? And we tend to listen to that. I can assure to you, and I, I hear that too, 90% uh, of the time, that person is not a buyer. She's never going to buy from you. And second of all, uh, you don't like to be sold. If you're on social media, it's so easy not to pay attention to something that doesn't interest you. You scroll, right? You just, you scroll, you scroll. You scroll, you don't need to stop. Nobody asks you to stop. So be careful with this because we tend to, I can't do that because it's going to upset my audience, right? And we see even with the symposiums, the people that go strong doing that and the others, they're more careful and you see the results of how much money is made. So you have to be careful even with the feedback. You're not there to keep your audience happy all the time. You're there to bring 
something of value that some people will like, some people want, so what? Move on. Okay, because we cannot please everybody and it's foolish of you to think you can. Actually, there is a saying in marketing that if you're pleasing everybody and everybody's very, very happy with your company, you're doing something wrong because you always have, you have to have both sides. Of course, you're always working to have the least amount of frustration because a, fr a person that is frustrated with you is less likely to buy again. So you have to be careful and, and work the bugs out, but you also need to understand that it's a dichotomy that is going to happen all the time and we we are not stars right we are not there to serve our audience we are here to provide value like i'm here and i'm thinking i could be watching ozark i could be watching the good doctor right now i made the decision to be here with you every day this week because i think i can contribute for you to have a better outcome out of this crisis right you have the right to say no you don't bye bye i'm going to watch something else or to, to stick around but i come not because i'm looking to have more viewers i'm I'm coming because I think I can help right now. I, I have experience and I have failed many, many times in my life. I know a lot about marketing is a passion. I know a lot about behavior is a passion. So I'm always tuning to that. And I know you don't spend the time I spend studying that. So maybe we can interchange stuff that will make uh, all of us go out of this crisis very, very uh, in an easier way than not doing that. Uh, Oh, Jen is, oh, Jen, hi. Perception in, is in the mind of the eyeball. Yes, uh, and you have to think it's the eyeball, but that eyeball needs to be educated to see what you want them to see, right? You heard this story before, that you want a car, you never saw that car before. You buy that car, you start seeing that car over and over and over, and that that is real, it does happen. Once I create awareness, uh, I start seeing everywhere. I wanted to see a moose when I got here. And for years, I didn't see a moose. And then I, I saw the first one. It was like, now I understand how big they are, well, how they are really shaped and everything. From there on, you see a moose every time I go out, right? Uh, it, that does happen with business. You also need to teach them what to look for when they are with you, uh, instead of just trying to please them, right? Because uh, that's a, a complicated road. Wow. So let's talk about this so we can be done today. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about positioning how you position and again we can talk more about formats we still haven't talked about what other ways besides courses that you have out there so when you're doing a, a, a live streaming there are two things that are extremely important uh, the light and, and the sound the sound is something that annoys people out of the wazoo when there is a problem so you have to be careful if you're doing live streaming most likely you're going to use a cell phone and that's more than fine. Some cell phones are even better th than the cameras we use in the studio, right? They are 4G, they, they are awesome. They have good sound and good uh, cam uh, camera. So you're fine using, you do not need to invest on cameras. Uh, the more you do actually, the more complicated it gets because if you decide to use two cameras or three cameras, it involves a lot of cables and knowledge that you probably don't wanna go there. The cell phone will do the trick. What's important about this is twofold, the sound. Uh, 
because when you're filming yourself, probably the cell phone is in front of you or in another position that you decide, the microphone is not that close to you. So it's a good thing to invest on a, on a microphone for a cell phone. They're extremely inexpensive. They are like maybe 10 bucks, right? So not a big deal at all. Uh, of course, you have more expensive ones, but you plug this to your cell phone and the sound will be nice. You you put it here like I have the other one, plug to your cell phone, and then the cell phone can be away from you, but the sound will still be very good. Uh, that's worth investing. It's really worth investing. Rely on yourself. Your cell phone also has a microphone that grabs the overall sound, which sounds weird. You're seeing even in the newscast, if you watch the news, uh, you're seeing that many reporters are now working from home, and you can sense the difference in sound. There's echo, the big space creates that that echo and everything, uh, uh, a microphone helps a lot with that. Second thing, when you're recording a video, the cell phone needs to be horizontal. That's how we record videos. If you record on a vertical, you're going to have two bars here. It's not nice, not nice to watch. So horizontal, that's the first thing you need to think, always on horizontal. Um, what else did I wanted to say about the, the cell phone? So the microphone, horizontal position all the time. Um, and then two things that are cool to invest. If, um if you, you can work around the house and you're going to be teaching something, uh, you want a table. And if that table is in front of a window that gets light, perfect. You don't need to worry about other things. It's, the, it's the, one of the best lights because it's natural. It's soft, usually soft, depending on the time of the day. So you can do whatever you want just with a good window. Now, in my house, I do have big windows, but we also have a lot of vegetation. So I cannot use windows to, to record anything because not only I don't have enough light, it's always greenish. So I have, I have to use a light. I don't know if it's showing like this one. So this is a ring light. And I got this on Amazon. Can I hold it? Okay. Um, I got this on Amazon and it was less than 20 bucks. So very inexpensive. I like uh, ring lights for two reasons. Uh, back. The ring light is soft and it's even. And I can even put my cell phone in the middle and put it in front of me and it will be fine. So it's a good light for, for that reason. It's, it's just, I don't need soft boxes and a lot of stuff. The other thing is the ring light uh, diminishes wrinkles, right? Because it's very even, it's very soft. So depending on your age, if you're 20, you don't need to worry about that. But if you're 50, it might be a good idea. So for 20 bucks, you have the, the correct light to use and you're good, right? And then you even look younger without having to use filters or anything like that. The other thing is an arm for your cell phone. See, I'm not holding my cell phone. If I were recording this, I didn't need to hold it. This is not the arm I like, okay? This I use for my laptop in my studio, but they are all similar. I have one, a black one at the studio that I really like and because it's easy to move. This one is not easy to move. So, I can, uh, oh yeah, and I can have it here. I can have it right in front of me. For example, if I'm teaching how to make a, a Migurumi doll, and it's very important when you're teaching that they see all the sides and everything that is going on, okay? Just showing to the front is not enough. 
So many times you have to, for example, have a shot that comes over the shoulder or a 45 angle. So what you're seeing right now is a 45 angle. It's kind of close to my, to my shoulder and it shows from a different angle. I also like to come and put my cell phone. And again, this, this is not the best arm, but I would put here on top and flat here so it shows is the top camera like we have one in the studio right so i can show this angle as well extremely important the arm again is something like they probably cost 20 bucks and don't really don't get this one because this one doesn't move easily there is a black one that comes very easy and it's the same price uh, so you can change the angles. Of course, when you're moving, if you have your cell phone here, you say, hey, I'm Shahar, and today I'm going to uh, show you how to crochet a, a Migurumi doll. Let's get started. I need to move to show whatever I'm going to be doing with the crochet hook, right? This movement, you need to go slow. If you do like this, you're not going to edit the video on your cell phone. So if you do like this, it's it's disturbing, right? So take your time. It's okay to move the camera, but be, just take your time. And don't talk talk while you're moving because there's already a distraction. The movement is a distraction. If you're talking on top of it, it becomes very distracting and annoying. So, you know, do what you have to do slowly, change the, 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 the angle and then go back to, okay, now you start with the crochet and this is what you do and you go from there. So you see, it's, it's a very easy setup. Then you can up, uh, if you, you can be live and then you download. If they don't change the rules, you can download from Facebook. Uh, you will also have it recorded on your cell phone. You can use that to put in other platforms like YouTube. And, and for example, that's one thing we always do. It goes to as many platforms as possible because I'm getting different prospects from every single one of them. The other thing is when you're introducing yourself, always in, in a video, you start by introducing yourself and showing showing your face and I don't care that you think you don't have the right color of hair. That's the number one pro problem with cameras. Oh, my hair is not okay today. So I, I have the philosophy of my hair is never okay. <laughs> Let's put it up and move on. But is people need to engage with you and your voice is, I mean, your voice can be enough, but it's not the best approach when you have a video. So you first start with yourself uh, saying who you are and what you're going to be teaching. Very and very important. If you watch Curious Mondo, there's always the quest. So what are we going to be learning today? Why? The brain cannot cope with an unanswered question. If it has a question that is not being answered, it gets anxious. And an anxious person doesn't buy. So it's very important for you to tell your audience always what is going to happen during the time that they are going to be with you. So you say, oh, today we are going to be learning this, this, or in this class, we are going to learn this, this, and that. Or in this live brainstorming, we are going to do this, this, and that. So the, the person goes, oh, okay, I know what's going to happen. Now I'm, I'm safe. I'm not in fear, I'm not anxious. I can pay attention. If you leave the unanswered question of what's going to happen today, well, there you're already losing your buyer. Okay, very important. Uh, and then use repetition. You know, the, the a good live streaming is not about the equipment that you have. I mean, these things sure help, uh, but it's really how you're going to, to, to give what you have to give. So it's important for you to use repetition. There is no learning without repetition. 
right? And uh, one or another person, oh, they already said that, I already heard that, they already uh, asked that. Yes, but learning happens with repetition. So you need to be able to show again a stitch, you need to be able to do it again and show from another angle. Because again, we are, we are really our biggest enemy in the buying process is uh, anxiety. People get anxious. We are all ADD right now, right? We need five windows open. If you say, I got this pen at the online market, everybody in the audience goes buy the pen. They cannot wait until the, the, the class is over to go take care of that. That's not going to disappear. The class is going to disappear, but they still go. We are like that. We, we get distracted all the time and we get anxious very easy. At this time, our anxiety level, yours and mine, is really high. No, no question about that. So you need to be extra careful. If you start today and you plan to, to launch a, a course or a product a month from now, you will still be dealing with this anxiety and you have to to understand that we are all anxious so you're going to go slower you are going to tell them what's going to happen during the process you're going to decrease that anxiety as much as possible as much as you can and then go and don't try to be a tv star or or anything that is not yourself. You know, one thing with social media is transparency. You have to be you. And so if you put a pose of, I'm the master of French beating, you know, you're losing people from that. People want to connect with people like themselves, right? In the same, that they think like themselves. So if you put yourself too up there, yes, you have a skill that maybe they don't have. That's why you're teaching. But that skill doesn't make you more special, right? So don't put that. We, we've seen this with instructors. The instructors that think, I'm big in this field. I am the, the guy or the girl about this. <laughs> Sales are always... <laughs> a disaster right but the person that is themselves they you know maybe they they didn't make the nails or they laugh or they they have you know they're themselves they always sell well that's what we want online it is different than in other scenarios right there are scenarios like speaking for example when we went into stages you have to build that expert credibility extremely fast i don't know if you know this i really can talk the whole night i'm sorry i'm going to end this but i don't know if you know this on a speaking engagement that is meant to sell you always have 90 minutes right and you spend about 30 minutes creating credibility uh, then you give whatever is the value that you're going to give and many times it's less than 30 minutes if you think about the content that you get out of that and it, it grows into a curve because you need to excite people about that and then you you bring uh, credibility in the sense of this person bought from me you, you you see this on tv too this person bought from me and this happened and that person let's listen to lucy and what she has to say about my coaching program and then lucy comes in a video and talks and then you go into the sales you actually spend 30 minutes selling and nobody even notices right any product needs to have this sale proposition at some point with social media you don't need to create the credibility of the sense that i am the master but you need to be real to engage with people they they can see right if you're not so that that's a line that you have to be careful okay going to read the comments and end <laughs> or else we're going to be here the whole night uh, thank you shahar thank you very much uh, you have all the uh, 
for sharing your expertise. Thank you, Lisa. Some of these topics were explained in college in senior seminar just a semester ago. I took that course. Awesome. I was left somewhat confused and, and knew this is the direction I needed to go upon graduating. Shahar, you have explained this so much better than it was explained at school. Thank you. And I have gathered much more now from this than I did then. Thank you for your willingness to share. Again, I could talk about business the whole night. Uh, I, I, I do like it. Uh, Bree, Shahar, is it possible for one person, the host, take care of more than one camera? It, it is possible. We have done that. We have, you, know, you, you probably didn't notice because I know you have been to every single course. Uh, we had scenarios in the past where nobody showed to work. We used to work with interns that were not paid. And sometimes that happened. And Nashla uh, doing the host, she was uh, switching as well. You have to have a structure for that. So we have a, a Bluetooth keyboard that can talk to our equipment. So yes, it is possible, but it depends on the setup that you have. Uh, you have to question, I would first do, see if you can sell, and then invest in other structures. So you can create something very, very good with a cell phone. You watch the Polymer Clay Symposium, and I have to tell you, it was, it was extremely successful sales-wise. 90% of the instructors were using a cell phone. Right, and this is Zach. We actually have a video where we uh, show them how to use this setup. That's how they did it. So that doesn't impact in quality enough. It's not the best, right? It's not a full studio, but it doesn't impact the quality in the sense of it's going to impact sales because the content is good. They are good, right? So it could be a little better. Maybe they didn't shake the phone or something like that, but it's still people got value out of that. So I would first think, okay, what I'm proposing, does it bring value? How it's going to be structured? How many classes I need for that? And do one in a simple setup and see if people really engage. You might have one sale. For us, for example, when we built everything, uh, we got a lot of no's in the sense of we would tell the idea, and I think you heard that story. We would say, we're going to go live and it's going to be free and people will be able to watch the whole thing. We're not going to hide anything. And people would say, this is never going to work. I actually had an instructor that I invited that he wrote me an email this long the next day telling me all the points of why it was not going to work. Uh, and we did the first class. And of course, we thought it is going to work. We, we studied a year and a half how we were going to do before doing it. And we put a class. The first class was a wildlife photography class. And we had a bare wall and I think one camera. Uh, and that day, the first class, when we went for lunch, it had sold one course. And I told Ashley, this is all I need this one sale because it showed me what I had could be sold. It was not the amount of the money, but the, the thing that people will buy this. We need to make changes. We need to improve. There are many things to be done, but it's going to, to sell. And today, the picture is very different from that first day. So you see, you have to, to look more into what you're going to offer and the structure, the, the format, than the equipment. People put a lot of importance into what camera you're using and blah, blah, blah. I can have the best camera in the world if I don't relate to you, if I don't really understand in my mind who Brie is, I'm not going to sell. 
right? So it doesn't, the equipment is secondary, it really is. So we tend to think we need to have everything in place, we don't. Uh, how did they do the over-the-shoulder shot when there is there is no camera there? In our case, we can set up the cameras. Right now. Like right now? Oh, yeah. Because they can't see. Because we have, oh, okay. So they can't see this? No. No. So there's a camera here. And Ashley is sitting in front of me in the computer. And she has a, a software that does the live editing, just like you see on TV, just in a smaller scale. And we use that a lot. So it can be done. And it could be done from here, too, if I had the, two, the Bluetooth keyboard and I knew which number is which camera we can we can do we actually have now uh, equipment that is this tiny at the studio and it has one two three four five six seven eight and all they have to do is choose the number for the camera so you have technology that is do you want to show that well it's just the keyboard but so i'll show you and and it's not expensive i don't know how much it is but it's not expensive but you see it's this thing here that's just a keypad, like a 10 key? Yeah, so if I, in the studio, if I touch uh, number five, camera number five will show. If I touch number one, camera number one will show. So that this is all it takes. You have the technology and the affordability for most of the stuff today that you can do, but it's not for the first moment. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, start selling, and then you start thinking, how can this improve? Uh, the multi-camera is cool, let's face it but you don't you can move a cell phone um thank you for teaching this topic bella rose we all can learn from others and if we don't have true humility it shows it does it really does but i, I was on the phone with an instructor and he's amazing in what he does but since the very first moment uh, he asked me how we pay and i think we pay better than any company out there that has millions of dollars just believe me and he said, oh, this is absurd. I would never do for that. I am big in this field. I am the star of this field. And I was thinking, and I'm going to turn off the phone and I will never call you again. I don't care because this attitude will not jive with my audience. You know, if you think you're that important, there's something wrong. So, you know, we have to be careful. We use social media to live stream. So that kind of signal is, is a big red flag for me. Now, if it's a person that is saying, I don't know if I can succeed here. I've never been inside a camera. And then she laughs and then she tells a joke. I know that person will do well on camera. Uh, I do have over 30 years of experience with, with cameras, with TV and stuff. So you, you're not looking for that person that thinks they are bigger than everybody else. I, I, don't, like, I don't want that people around me either. Uh, have a crow. Purchase your how to use your knowledge to create online courses and flatten your wallet class. I think I saw your ticket today, actually. I haven't watched it yet. We will learn a lot more from Art Myths business class. You know, in uh, it's not that I remember everything that is there, but he breaks down the why people buy in detail. And it also talks about uh, the... Uh, what we call irresistible business. We are going to touch in two points tomorrow, but that actually has seven points. And it goes into that as well. So I think you're going to get a great value. And if it, there is anything that you think it doesn't uh, align with today, just, just reach out because things change. When you're talking about online anything, it changes so fast. That is the, the, it's very hard for the courses to be evergreen. But the, the why you do it and the how you do it, it works anywhere.
there. That's why we shouldn't focus just on equipment and you know which platform. Today is Facebook, tomorrow is going to be something else. You're still going with the same approach and you will succeed. <gasps> I talk too much. Maybe that's why I'm single. Okay, so I think we. Uh, the only thing I didn't I didn't cover today was uh, the question about books instead of online. Uh, remind me to talk about this tomorrow. You can sell anything. It doesn't have to be online courses. You will use online as the channel to reach people. Most of all, the product itself it doesn't. It really doesn't matter what it is. And I can tell you stories that you're going. Uh, remind me about the book tomorrow. It's going to be jaw dropping. It started with a guy coming to uh, one of my best friends today, but he came to my office and he wanted to do an ebook because everybody was doing an ebook to offer for free. And we turned that into a huge thing. So uh, you can sell anything. Uh, there, there are reasons. Why do we buy books, for example? Just, just a tiny bit about that. It's funny because uh, books have this appeal. In our generation, it, it really does because most of us, we had books at home. We had encyclopedias, right? I remember that for my family, it was an investment to get whatever encyclopedia we got. And I remember my father saying, now you have to read all the things there. And I used to sit in front of the uh, in front of the shelf it was a big shelf just looking at those books because you know they, they had that feeling of all the knowledge is there all the information I can have access now who knew internet was going to happen and I also remember in my room sitting in front of a shelf with I, I love fables and I had the green brothers I had the, the seagull condes I, I don't know the names in English but I had all of them and I used just to look at them all the time so for me, books are a big thing. Uh, but the funny part is that we don't read as much as we used to, most of us. And actually, there is a study that in America, the average American reads one book a year. And look at this. If they get a Kindle or any reader device, on average, on the first month, they buy 10 books. <laughs> so nine of those are not going to be read, but they still buy and spend the money. So we have this uh, idiosyncrasies that you keep thinking, what? So is anybody going to buy a book? And the bookstores are closing. Uh, think about the art books that you have or the craft books that you have, and why do you buy them? So if I'm interested, for example, in ribbon embroidery, there is an artist in, in the Netherlands that is she's amazing. I have all her books. I don't do ribbon embroidery every day, maybe once a year, but I have all her, her books. Now I'm interested in tapestry. Uh, I, I, I'm getting all kinds of books, right? And some I will read from top to bottom. Others will be there for me because that technique speaks to me. So yes, you can sell books if you know your audience and why they buy. With that, that's it for today. Again, it's never ending. You, you go. I, I, I think. Yes, today I. It was uh, during the broadcasting. My aunt that lives in Brazil is, is the only aunt I have that is alive. Uh, she reached out to me, and I, I asked her. She's. I don't know, maybe she's 75 or something like that. Uh, how are you doing? How is your husband? Things like that. And and then she asked me, Are you happy? And I said, yes, I cannot complain about anything but the earthquake that happened because that really took me out of center. That really messed up. Now every single little shake I think is a, there's an earthquake happening and I'm ready to run. So that really took me uh, out of my, my thing. But the crisis and all this thing, I, I know 
it's going to be over. I know I can ov overcome that. How many times in my life I had to rebuild from zero? More than once. And the last one I was already over 40. So... I don't, I'm not afraid of this. I, I'm afraid that somebody that I like goes through this experience. I don't want that to happen. But the crisis, the money, the I don't want to lose my employees. I, I want everything to move forward. But I know we have the strength, we all do, to overcome this. It doesn't matter how, how many days you might be depressed because it is a depressing situation. You go outside and it's sad not to see people anywhere. But we can do this. I am 100% sure. So that doesn't take happiness of living a life out of the picture. And, you know, I'm very fortunate because I, I had many ups and downs and they were not fun when they happened, but they taught me so much. So if I, if I know so much about marketing and business, and, you know, I do know a lot about it, it's because I needed to know at some point. It, it was a life or death situation, right? It was paying the bills or not paying the bills. Learning how people buy it was either having food to put in my child's mouth or not. And so I was not happy when those things happened. But today I said, wow, you know, it's a rich life. He had ups and downs. He had laughs and cries. He had good days and bad days. So I am a human being. And that's a good thing. Right. So I hope this helped you. And I hope this makes your day better during this time. I know some of us are really, really, we are still, we go to the studio and come back here. That's the whole, the whole thing we do outside. But I know many of you have been inside the houses for many, many days, right? And, and that's not easy. Of course, it's not easy. So I hope this uh, distracts you as well. If you use this at some point, fantastic. I hope you make a lot of money with that. If you don't use, but it was entertaining, more entertaining than rewatching something, well, I, I have accomplished my mission. Tomorrow, we are going to be talking about positioning, right? And the, the title is Positioning and, and Your Artist Statement. So I'm going to give you just a few points about that. Thank you so much. Don't forget, tomorrow we have Jody again. On Thursday, we have Caroline Chan teaching how to make masks. This is a total free course. It's going to stay out there. She's bringing different types of masks uh, that you can create now and, and help people around you or, or people and hospitals that need and places that need. They also want to see your flowers. My flowers. Talk about the, the ones in the background and your... Are these hyacinths or lavender? These are lavenders. Uh, so these are made with seed beads. Is my next course happens in two weeks, uh, and we are going to go through the basic techniques. I cannot see from here, but they are all seed beads. The ones behind me, they are also. So I have a camellia here and a rose over there, and this is a bouquet. It's kind of a cherry flower. Uh, and behind me, I have a needle felted tree. I love trees. Uh, and my, my next, in my mind, my next project with beads will be several beaded trees because they're, I like trees. Uh, so that's a course we have upcoming in two weeks uh, on the beaded flowers. And all my, I have a lot of pieces here <laughs> that, that I have created over the years. So again, don't forget Thursday, Caroline Chen, tomorrow, Jody, and every night this week, at, at seven o'clock it was supposed to be 30 minutes but let's say it's going to be at least an hour each right we've known that now seven mountain, uh, seven mountain nine eastern okay see you tomorrow thank you so much for being here with me have a good evening